0: be great if everybody got a get out of jail free card. We've all had those moments, done something we regret or wish we hadn't, or gotten ourselves into a situation we'd love to undo. Second chances aren't impossible, ask Marion Barry or Charlie Sheen, though of course with no guarantees. People are often willing to forgive and sometimes to forget, but the idea of a free pass that could wipe the slate clean is very attractive indeed. Actually, in the right circumstances, this isn't out of the question. You've got to mean it, you've got to do something to earn it, and you've got to be Catholic, but there is a way to get a redo. And for a long time, a simple piece of paper or parchment would do the trick. Something like that could not only buy you out of a heap of sinning in sufficient quantities, it can also lead to the transformation of an entire continent. A document that changed the world, an indulgence, printed in Mainz, Germany, almost certainly in the print shop of Johannes Gutenberg, 1454. I'm Joe Janes from the University of Washington Information School. Gutenberg. Bible. We're so used to hearing those together that many people likely haven't thought very much about what else he might have done. Yes, he pioneered printing using movable type in Europe, everybody knows that. You might not know he also pioneered oil-based inks or the wooden screw printing press. Gutenberg himself is, in large part, a cipher. There's large chunks of his life we know nothing about, leading some to wonder if it was really him at the wheel, so to speak. We know his father worked at a mint and he had experience as a goldsmith. We also know that he was either a terrible businessman or really unlucky, or both. He and some others wanted to make some money by selling mirrors for use in a holy festival, only to have the festival postponed by a year because of flood or plague or something. Now, stuck with a bunch of unsellable mirrors, he said he's got a great idea that will turn around their fortunes. He started work on the Bible in 1452 amid a lot of secrecy and a series of loans from one Johann Fust who bankrolled the scheme poor soul, and later sued, claiming he never got any interest and the money was misused. It does appear that two different printing presses were used, with different sets of type, as many as a 100,000 separate pieces in all, along with a lot of paper and the skins of 3,200 animals, probably calves or sheep, for the 40 vellum copies. They were even customizable. If you bought one, you could add your own decoration in spaces intentionally left blank. Within three years, the time it would take to produce one Bible by hand, typically, the work was done. A total of 180 were printed, of which 48 complete examples are known to have survived. They're trophies for collectors and institutions. Even having a single page or leaf is a point of pride. Except, there's more to the story. The Bible is universally known as his masterwork, but while that was in the works, there was cash to be made, producing schoolbooks, calendars, and especially in the lucrative business of printing indulgences. Indulgences have been around for centuries, an opportunity for the faithful to atone and have their sins remitted by, say, good works or making a pilgrimage, fasting, going on crusade, or a pious donation. The document itself is just a form, we'd say boilerplate today, with spaces for name of sinner, date, and seller. Take that to your confessor, be in a state of grace, and you've gotten yourself out of purgatory. This was big business for everybody involved, for the printers, but mainly for the church. Print runs ran into the thousands. In one case, we know at least 190,000 indulgences were printed. There is some evidence that Gutenberg printed indulgences as early as 1452, though the earliest one to survive is from a series produced in 1454, also the earliest Western printed document that bears a date. It was created to raise money for the defense of Cyprus from the Turks who had just taken Constantinople the previous year. Gutenberg's legacy is obvious. The printing processes he started spread widely within decades, helping to nourish the emerging Renaissance and Enlightenment that led Europe out of the Middle Ages. Some 60 years later, though, a German priest got fed up with the latest abuses of the indulgence system, now made so easy by the new technology. This time it was raising money for the building of St. Peter's. He was fed up to make a series of points, 95 of them, to his bishop. Those theses, we think, were intended for private discussion, but they went viral. They quickly got printed, though we don't know how or by whom. So were later sermons and demands for change in broadsides, a format that helped to lead to the development of newspapers, and Bibles in German, which helped to coalesce the language. Oh, yeah, and and all this kick-started the Reformation, too, making Martin Luther another central figure of the previous millennium. There's yet one more aftermath to this story, though, which resonates today. Both the Indulgence and the Bible were printed with fonts that make them look very much like their handwritten manuscript predecessors. Well, this makes sense, if you want something new to be adopted, make it look familiar, as much like an old version as possible. Things like this are called skeuomorphs, and they're still around. That's why word processors use cut-and-paste metaphors, and why cell phone cameras often make that clicking sound like a shutter when there's no mechanism at work at all. Or why electronic books, so far, try so hard to resemble their print counterparts. It wasn't long before new type styles and formats and illustrations made an appearance. Those first Bibles had no page numbers, no indentations, no paragraphs. These devices we take so much for granted in books today were yet to come. Books printed in the 15th century are called incunabula, from the Latin for cradle, very apt. Gutenberg and those other early printers were responsible not only for the birth of a new way of making copies faster, They were at the very beginning of a long journey of figuring out what a printed book or a printed anything would be, what it would look like, and over the centuries those have developed in ways that those medieval copyists couldn't begin to imagine. Printing also typically led to higher levels of education and literacy, movements to censor uncomfortable works, and the development of national literatures and cultures. Now, as books evolve yet again, What they're going to look like, what we'll do with them, and what they'll do to us is evolving too.